from the Thai Cats Audio Network. This is Thai Cats Today with Louie B. This is Thai Cats Today for a Wednesday, September the 29th, 2021. Hopefully, you're having a great week so far. Just a few more days until the Thai Cats return to Tim Hortons Fields. It'll be Saturday, 4 o'clock kickoffs. Limited tickets on sale as uh, the capacity limit has been uh, lifted just a little bit. 18,000 now allowed here at Tim Hortons Field. So there are select tickets available for Saturday's game. Uh, so if you want to come down and join us, just head to tightcats.ca. Of course, you can listen to me. Louis B. and Andy Fantuz get you set for that game starting at 3 o'clock on the Ticats Audio Network. Uh, we'll be on the air with Ticats pregame presented by Active Green and Ross. And then we'll hand it off to RJ Broadhead and Mike Morielli, who will have the call again between the Ticats and the Montreal Alouettes. Big game last night in the CFL, especially for the Alouettes, as it was the Ottawa Red Blacks coming up with a 34 24 win. For their second win of the season. And with that, the Ottawa Red Blacks move to 2-5. and five. The Montreal Alouettes enter Saturday's game at 2-4. and four. So, you know, as big as the next game is for the Ticats, uh, it's almost very big for the Alouettes, who are now looking up at the Toronto Argonauts and Hamilton Tigercats sitting at 4-3. and three, And down... At the Ottawa Red Blacks, we're sitting at two and five. So interesting start to uh, week number nine. Not sure many people predicted that one, but lots coming up here on uh, Ticats Day that we'll get into that. We'll be joined by Steve Milton from the Hamilton Spectator. Uh, get his thoughts on the Ticats as uh, they get set for week nine. Uh, we'll hear from Coach O, as we normally do, and we'll hear from Simone Lawrence and... We'll hear from Cam Kelly as well. So a couple of linebackers for the Ticats uh, that we'll get to on today's show. Uh, Speaking of Simone Lawrence, he has been named a CFL top performer for the month of September. Uh, The players chosen by a panel of judges made up by former players, Matt Dunnigan and Dwayne Ford of TSN, as well as as Pierre Vercheval of RDS. Uh, They picked the top performers, and Simone Lawrence was one of them. Simone Lawrence had uh, number 21, had 24 tackles, one sack, two knockdowns, two interceptions, and two touchdowns as the Ticats went 3-1 and one in September. So a good job for uh, Simone Lawrence being named a top performer. Uh, Lucky Whitehead of the BC Lions and Michael Riley, also of the BC Lions, also named top performers for the month of September. Uh, the Ticats released their injury report from yesterday, and I just want to run down a f- couple of names here. Uh, Braylon Addison was limited. Brandon Banks was limited as well. Um, we we did see, if you did notice this, uh, Frankie Williams was listed as did not participate yesterday. I will give you an update that uh, he was back at practice today. Coach said it was a maintenance day uh, for Frankie Williams. So if you saw that on the injury report yesterday and you were like, "Uh uh-oh, what does this mean? Uh, That he did not practice. He was back at practice today. Uh, We'll get a full update on uh, that one on today's injury report. But uh, Ted Laurent was limited. Masoli was limited. Uh, Chris Van Zyl was limited. That's pretty encouraging news considering he's on the six-game injured list. So Chris Van Zyl working his way back into the lineup. And uh, Devere Posey did not practice. Uh, He was moved from the six-game injured list to the one-game injured list last week. Uh, He's dealing with an illness as per the uh, Ticats injury report. So that's over at CFL.ca. You can check it out and see all the names of the Ticats who are uh, dealing with some issues 
Uh, but again, we'll uh, continue to watch and uh, we'll see what the lineup says on Saturday when the Ticats uh, get set to take on the Alouettes. All right, as we do every day here on uh, Ticats today, let's hear from the head coach of the Ticats. That is Orlando Steinauer. Here's what he had to say after practice. Uh, we just really, to be honest with you, Louis, we're just day to day. Like, obviously, we know that people are getting close to getting healthy, but we're really focused on the players that are out there practicing on the, you know, you know, like today here on day two. That's where our focus is, and as they get healthy and. Uh, then we'll, we address it a little bit different. But, you know, our mindset is the, the players that we're anticipating playing, uh, we're just preparing them the best we can. Well, success is a word that uh, I don't use a lot because I'm not really even sure what, what uh, that means in context of that. But, uh, you know, you, you measure it by it's, – it's individual-based, obviously, and then it's also based off of maybe your position group. Maybe it's based off of the whole offense, defense, or the phase. Uh, and then, you know, obviously the biggest measure is collective. So there's lots of small wins to be had every day. So it's not just always the big, huge picture, right? Uh, you know, for example, the offense may have a great practice. The defense may have an average practice. But if I bring everybody up and say, you know, great practice, everybody, well, that's that's really not a true statement, right? So uh, we, we just – emphasize getting better each day in each phase and then each person be able to look themselves in the mirror and understand what they're working on that day and encourage them to get better and let's go let's keep going okay. i'm ready for 24 <laughs> well, i'm ready for the full capacity but hey from where it was in the beginning steve to where we're at now uh, it's exciting and it's not just the players right that means that they're they know that's three thousand more people driving or walking to the stadium or riding to the stadium that uh, we can provide entertainment for and, and that obviously they can cheer for us. So I'm excited for ourselves. I'm excited for the organization and then obviously the city and those that want to attend uh, tickets are a little, little bit easier to come by that way. That is the head coach of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Orlando Steinauer, as he spoke after practice today. And he mentioned it, there are single game tickets available now uh, with capacity limits raised from fifteen to 18000 uh, you can head over to TyCads.ca and uh, get yourself some tickets so you can join us here at Tim Hortons Field on Saturday. It is a 4 p.m. kickoff uh, and some great seats still available, so TyCads.ca for more on that one. All right, we mentioned this a little bit earlier. Simone Lawrence named a CFL top performer for the month of September, and we had a chance to catch up with Simone, and I wanted to ask him off the top, you know, here he is. He's 32. He's been in the league for a while. You know, what do these individual honors mean to him? Are they something that, uh, that he still has to take pause and, and acknowledge as a, a, a big deal for him? Yeah, you know, we play the game to be the best. Um, you know, when we're training in the offseason, we're training to be the best that we can be for our team. And, you know, every year, you know, that's the goal to be the best teammate and the best player that you can possibly be. 100%. It's all about my teammates. You know, without them, you know, there's no me. So I'm very aware that I play around a bunch of great players. And, you know, I, I know that I'm a great player as well. And I needed to step up during this uh, scratch as well. So I'm happy that I was able to contribute to my team. Uh, honestly, um, I have a great linebacker coach, Coach Ross, who doesn't let me slip or do anything. He doesn't let me 
take any easy way out. So I'm my accountability partner and coach Ross is very high. So um, he helps me out during the week and make sure I'm on top of things. So I, I give all the credit to coach Ross. I got to call my finance guy. I'm not good with math, but whatever double 3000 is, it's going to sound 3000 sound like what? 10 grand. So we're good. You know, it's going to be live in Hamilton and it's on Saturday. So all the fans get the pregame until four o'clock and I expect them to be very rowdy and nasty. I'm a big rep guy, practice guy. So I feel like when we're on Tim Hortons field, like, there's nothing wrong that can happen. Like, even like if we're down and stuff, I always feel like we're just going to win on Tim Hortons field. And it's no, it's, it's your home. You know, you protect your house, you know, you're comfortable in your house, you know what to expect in your house. And it's just like, it's a confidence thing as well. Like I know when I go, when uh, somebody comes and they got to run around, I know that I feel like I'm going to lock them down no matter what. I feel like if they're running the ball, I'm going to make the tackle no matter what. And the fans, you got the fans watching too. And it's your fans. You don't want to look, Corny in front of your fans. <laughs> that is one of the CFL's top performers for the month of September. Simone Lawrence uh, had himself a, a great month. The team, of course, went 3-1. and one. Uh, He put up 24 tackles, one sack, two knockdowns, two picks. Uh, both of them he returned for touchdowns in the uh, four games over the month of September. He's currently ranked uh, among CFL leaders. Uh, he is first in touchdowns by a defensive player, tied for third in interceptions, and fourth in defensive tackles. And his 586 career defensive tackles is 21st all-time in CFL history. He's just two back of Dante Marsh for 20th all-time in CFL history. So, Samani Lawrence... Definitely something I've mentioned before. I I would say is a sure ballot, a sure first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, and there's no doubt in my mind that uh, Lawrence will uh, one day hang uh, somewhere here at Tim Hortons Field. He has meant that much to this franchise uh, in his time here. Uh, someone who's got a front row seat to the way uh, Simone performs, uh, the way he practices, the way he plays uh, is Cam Kelly. Uh, one of his fellow linebackers, new to the Ticats this season, but him and uh, Jovan Santos-Knox and Simone have really found some instant chemistry. Um, we had a chance to catch up with uh, Cam Kelly after practice today. Here's what we had to say. Uh, it's great to have teammates like that. Sorry, I mean to cut you off. But, um, you know, so having Simone as a teammate has made me, you know, a much better player, just seeing how he goes 110%, you know, no matter the play, the ball's across the field, he's sprinting, you know, um, and just the way he prepares. You know, we have off days and, you know, sometimes you look on Instagram and Simone's up here at 7 in the morning on a Saturday or a Sunday or something. So just the dedication and, you know, we talk a lot about the mama mentality. You know, Kobe was, I feel like, a lot of people's favorite player growing up. And I feel like uh, Sim has really embodied that that mentality and just it, it spills out into the team. I think it's just the communication aspect of it and, you know, the way Coach O rounds up his troops. You know, he gets us all on the same page. There's no... Um, there's no gray area or question marks on what, what the expectations are. And, you know, we communicate and make sure that we just make it important. You know, if you make anything important to you, then you'll uh, spend your time on it, do your due diligence. And, you know, we all do that and we all just make sure we're on the same page as much as possible. It's professional. It's as professional as professional gets, I feel like. You know, we we take the time to do we, – we leave no stone unturned. You know, we take every step to prepare um, – as far as the room, 
honestly, I can say this is probably the most fun I've had playing football in a long, long time, you know. So from that aspect, it just makes it easy to come into work every day. But, you know, it's not we don't come in here and play. We come in here and definitely get our, get our work done. That is Cameron Kelly as he spoke after practice day. Always nice to catch up with him. And, you know, that's some high praise. Guy who's been around the league been around football, excuse me, uh, was in the NFL with the Pittsburgh Steelers for him to say this is the most uh, fun he's had playing professional football in some time. Uh, obviously, some high praise for uh, what's going on here in Hamilton. All right, time to get to my conversation with the uh, Hamilton Spectators, Steve Milton. And uh, my friend Milty was a little bit busy today, so you may notice in the uh, here that I, I, I acknowledge a couple of times that practice hasn't happened. That's because we caught up a little bit earlier. So uh, just letting you know, just full transparency here uh, on Ticats today. Uh, but here is my conversation with uh, Steve Milton, and we started off by just kind of talking about at the halfway point, four and three, uh, the Ticats will take where they are right now. I think so, particularly given the, the last two games. I mean, you could could have looked at the, the, the schedule and the opponents and said, well, okay, they're going to win those. But with your third quarterback, third quarterbacks don't win on either side of the border in professional footballs. football. At least that's the, the record. I don't have the statistics, but I know it's really, really, really low. And to come out of that with two wins, I think they've got to be very, very happy with that. Now, it all depends on what they do with that. You know that get them to that gets them to where they should be, and what do you do with the second half of the season? We're waiting for them to come out here today, but we saw Jeremiah Masoli take the majority of snaps day one. You have to consider the fact that he hasn't played in you know four, five, six weeks at this point. Uh, he looked good out there. I mean, we don't know, we won't know, but things are pointing in the right direction for Masoli, and that's good news for this team. Well, on the first day, he looked really good, and as you say, we hadn't seen him on the day that we're talking. Uh, but uh, I, I really was quite impressed. I was quite impressed with his uh, directionality, if there's such a word, and also with the, the tightness of the spirals and the aim, and uh, he was starting to a few players, so maybe two of them that may or may not play on the weekend, the two whites, um, that, that, and he was even finding them, and he was airing it out. I mean, they were deliberately airing him out to see how he felt the next day. Airing it out not just deep, but wide as well. And, and, uh, and the same thing with, with Addison and Banks. Uh, they, they both had to air it out, in their case, their legs, uh, to see what kind of recovery they, they could have from it. Where are they at that, with that part of their recovery? And especially with uh, with Jeremiah and it looks like Brandon, it, they, it appears to be like midsection injuries. And that, that really is something that's tough to evaluate in practice because nobody's really hitting you there. It's hard to get up. It's a hard thing to read in practice, though. Well, Orlando Steiner mentioned that. Uh, he said, you're never really going to know. That's why when people say, well, why don't you wait, wait, wait? Well, that's the part that's really going to show things. So why not see how that goes? And you've got a lot of time after the after the after the uh, this game too. There's a lot of time between all the games now. I think their long their shortest rest is the normal six days, isn't it? I, I don't mm-hmm. believe they have any of these uh, treacherous things that they had to go through for four uh, four games in 17 days. Nothing like that left. So uh, I think they they've got to test that part of it out. Yeah, you don't really know because those were clearly contact injuries, mm-hmm. and they weren't it wasn't like uh, non-contact injuries. Yeah. Um, taking a look at the Montreal game. The things that have worked for the Ticats might not necessarily work in this one. I mean, they'll need to be good defensively, but, I mean, we've seen Vernon Adams Jr. kind of... They'll need to score more points is what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm... That, yeah, I mean, we've been writing that in the spec, and I think everybody knows that. 
uh, or suspects that. I mean, the defense has been tremendous, mm-hmm. but it doesn't take Montreal long to you can you can place some you know fifty eight great men and something. And Montreal has been able to 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 score in some bursts in a couple of couple of minutes, and things can happen. And and every team's susceptible to big plays. Ticats are playing it really tight in the secondary. My guess is they might change that a little bit against Adams to stop. You know, yeah. just see where the rush is going and this kind of thing. They don't rush all the time. They don't rush hard all the time, but they they rush enough that their uh, secondary can do what they do best, which is be ball hawks. I mean, there's some ball hawks back there. Uh, Roll's a ball hawk, and Chante Evans was brought in specifically because he's a ball hawk. In other words, make plays, take the ball away. So that involves tight coverage. That can leave you open to to the one big play. So uh, to answer your question and come back to it, yes, I think they probably have to score more. Uh, and and yeah, the idea is to get up early so that you can play the ball control game that you have now developed a little bit. Part of that ball control game, though, is based on Watford's special skills that he has. And and uh, do you want to expose a quarterback who hasn't played that much who has sore ribs to the same kind of thing, which involved an awful lot of running, some of it tough running. Yeah, I think there's a, a maybe a little more trust in the offensive line. I mean, because of what they've done the last few games, you have to think there's more consistency. And maybe another reason why Jeremiah's kind of get another shot to go back there? Well, I think it's one of the reasons, yeah, A, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, B, uh, it's, it's one of the reasons they kept the line together as much as they have. You can't, you can't just keep changing players in there. Let's, you know, they had to try something. But they've also helped them out a little bit. They did that wide run, wide run, wide, wide run, and some of those were, were, were really, some of the passes were long handoffs. Uh, throw wide, those kinds of things. Get your playmakers a little wide outside. Uh, you, the quarterback, you kind of maybe run to the outside and then come back up the middle when when the the line has had a little bit of help with the idea of firing off. They've they've run the ball fifty nine. I haven't done the stats yet, but I don't remember. Certainly, all last year they didn't do thirty. They did twenty five four times and twenty seven once uh, by last year. I mean twenty nineteen. So back to back, they have not done fifty nine since I don't know when. That's not. I don't expect 30 runs in this game because I think Jeremiah's skill is that he can find people. He can buy himself a little time, get out of the sacks, and then throw. I was looking. I was looking up the exact same thing when they ran 30. I was like, okay, they didn't do it last year. No. And then I, I was talking to Dwayne Ford, and he's like, you might have to go back to like back in the day, you know, when they they did run the ball, C.J. Gable days, maybe to find 30 it, rushes a game. Yeah, and and the quarterback generally wasn't running as much in those no. days too, right? So if you remember, a lot of those runs came off the quarterback spot. Yeah. Uh, you know, not half, but certainly nine of them, I think, or, or ten of them. So. And the offensive line, I mean, they, they do love that. I mean, they do love the ball. I I get the sense that that's, that's their bread and butter, right? Having to scramble, having to, you know, avoid these holding calls when the quarterback's scrambling. They just love pushing the ball forward. We've heard Darius mention this, Sirocco, of well, course. Well, all linemen do, and, yeah. and, and they like to pass block as well because there's a challenge to that. Mm-hmm. There's But one was involves much more technique pass blocking is a real technique type thing and it's a real you i mean all line play is like uh synchronized figure skating you know you 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 watch them right there it looks oh, like yeah. a, if you could put music to it when they, when well they, even in practice even in practice you see the guys who do drills and they go tough right and it's tough. all it's a lot of hand drills it's a lot of but hand there's pack. a lot of synchronization there's a lot of uh Making sure you, especially on pass blocking, uh, when uh, I watched one of the new Americans have trouble with it, uh, working with Chris Van Zyl for about 20 minutes. Uh, I think he came down at the end there at, at, at last week, and 
it was it's so different be, when you have that line of the yard line and it's a little wider than get get out than get outside you if you're tack a little bit too so you have to have your it, it sounds technical but your weight over your feet you can't take big steps mm-hmm. because as soon as you pick steps there's a split second that you're off balance that's when good defensive ends and there's an awful lot of them in this league yeah. get by you uh, tomorrow uh, is obviously a big day. It's the first uh, National Truth and Reconciliation Day. Yeah. You know the organization here. Um, you know we had a, we're having a meeting today, and and you know we're using this day to to learn. And the league's kind of doing the same thing. Um, there's still a lot of work to be done, but it feels like we're taking these kind of little little steps right now to for some bigger change. We better. Yeah. That that's all I can say about that. And 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 I think we all were stunned. We all knew. You know, I've spent an awful lot of time around Six Nations over the last 40 years and uh, not so much in the last couple of years, but but I'd been told stories of residential schools but had no idea that that it was that bad. And to get all of those horrible statistics released all at once, I don't know about you, but I, I kind of, for two or three days, I didn't know who to call or what to do. I was stunned. I was a bit shocked how much it affected me, and and so we better do something about this. We have the TRC right in front of us. It's been there since, what, 2014 or something. We've instituted quite a few things in sports. Pan Am Games, which were here. Mm-hmm. The soccer, there was an awful lot to do with the, the, uh, the uh, Mississaugas and the New Credit uh, were basically the, the host nation during that, but also also uh, Six Nations the, uh, and the Honosani uh, people. Um, uh, nation was involved in that um, and I'm really the observances that happen every meeting now I really like that and that's been going on for some time but you have to take it further than that Ticats have been I, f- I would think fairly proactive over the years they've worked they've had an awful lot of programs uh, not an awful lot probably not enough but but more than anybody that I know uh, uh, involving particularly Six Nations mm-hmm. and, and interactive programs and, and I'm assuming that those continue they've got players with personal interests and always have in that and and it, it consciousness raising we're past that point yeah. it's it's action now that's what that that is what the the uh, truth and reconciliation was it was a call to action there are 95 95 yeah. uh, they're not recommendations no. they're calls to, action, calls to action okay on on emphasis on those two words calls and action so yes, uh, whatever you can do within the sphere uh, of the world that you live in, you, you, you must do. And this area has such a rich history already. You mentioned Six Nations, it's right down the road. Right. I mean, and also and the Mississauga and the New, the New Credit as well, yeah. which is not as many people know about that, but it, it, it's, it is just south of, of uh, in yeah. fact, it was carved out of original Six Nations land. Hmm. Six Nations land was originally carved out of Mississauga of, uh, of the new credit. Yeah. Uh, they were, weren't called that at the time. They were, I think they were just the Mississaugas at that point uh, in, in English. And, and uh, yeah, so there's a rich history there, and it's a tremendous history if you ever sit down with people. I don't know 2% of it, and I'm fascinated yeah. with what I do know. Always great to connect, Melty. Thanks. Okay. That is Steve Milton from the Hamilton Spectator. Always love catching up with uh, Steve Milton. Always love getting his perspective. And uh, nice little talk there on the uh, Truth and Reconciliation Day. That is tomorrow. Uh, and lots going on here, especially on this program. I'm uh, very fortunate to uh, have a one-on-one with Dane Evans. And uh, Dane has been uh, doing this on Instagram, where every time he plays in a city, or the team plays in a city, uh, he goes in and 
kind of makes a land acknowledgement. And it's a pretty interesting uh, thing that he started doing this year and uh, had a chance to catch up with him. So our chat tomorrow on the show on Truth and Reconciliation Day. Uh, so make sure to join us on Cats today. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the Cats Audio Network so you never miss an episode of this show or any of the other great offerings we have for you, including a brand new episode of Morielli and Hitch. I joked with Hitch. It's already the number one program on the Cats Audio Network. I'm coming for him, though. Uh, another great episode dropped. So go check it out wherever you get this one. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to join us tomorrow, same place, same time, here on the Ticats Audio Network. I'm Louie B. Hoping you have a great day.